0: The Sports Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Hair. Well, and Any given Sunday, anything. anything What we think so far: Lakers were they oversold? Welcome they oversold. to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade Briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. It's a stripped down version of a full fledged Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. On those podcasts, we have a lot of bells and whistles and multiple guests sometimes and and features, Sports E, the Lamont Award, our resident DJ. We have a lot of stuff on full-fledged episodes, so if you haven't had a chance to check that out, please go back and listen to past episodes. On the Briefcast, we usually bring you either one guest or one topic of conversation in a more efficient way, so I can really get there. When I don't have a lot of time to produce the entire episode, uh, I can come to you guys quick with my take on something that is a hot topic and there's not a topic hotter than Deion sanders leaving jackson state going to colorado and there are a lot of folks who have no idea what they're talking about spewing opinions you have people jumping on sides It's, it's that kind of topic that if you don't know anything about anything you have an opinion you can jump in with a take it can be framed in a way that you understand the subject matter and you have your opinion and your opinion is right. And I get that because there are topics that are like that. And, and this one is like that because you do have people who don't know anything about HBCUs, who don't know anything about the SWAC. On the outside looking in, they said, well, hey, he came. I never heard of SWAC before. I never watched a black football, college football game. I saw him on Good Morning America in 60 Minutes and that never happened before. And, and you should be grateful for that. And that can be true but on the other hand there are people who attended HBCUs there have been people who who know what that experience is and know the challenges that come with that and know the challenges of the financial aspects of being at an HBCU and being in the swag. and they love their alma mater they love the culture they are there for for the, their entire lives and their children and their children's children will all be a part of that culture if they had their wish so those are the two sort of competing uh, segments who have opinions but even within the hbcu community there's a lot of disagreement and dispute i've never really had a subject that involved something like this where people that i know that i would think that we would sort of see things similarly we have differing opinions on this And, and so that's why i wanted to comment on this because it is interesting and i do think that i am uniquely positioned to have comments on this So, for the folks who listen to me on KTSU or listen to me on TSU uh, football games, you already know this. But for those who have never come into contact with me or this uh, podcast or any of these things, uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my background and why I feel like I can comment with a little bit more insight than a lot of folks. So... I have done Texas Southern football for 30 seasons, 30, 31 seasons, either as a sideline reporter or a a color commentator or a play-by-play guy. Currently, I do play-by-play, but I've done it all for 30 consecutive seasons. So I've been there every year. In addition to that, I work at KTSU. That is Texas Southern's radio station. I literally grew up there. From the time, I, the first time I went to KTSU, I was eight years old. I came back at 14. Left, came back in my early 20s, and I've been there ever since. And because of my programming and the wonderful people that support me and appreciate what I do on the on the radio with either the, it was the Jazz Oasis or the Friday Express or KTSU Sports Talk, because of those things that I've been able to produce. Folks have been gracious enough and wonderful enough to support that institution. I've helped KTSU raise tens of thousands of dollars, if not more over the course of my time there. And I'm so grateful to the folks who have made those contributions on behalf of, of my shows. And if you don't know, it's public radio. So we are dependent on contributions from the public and people give to the shows and, and to the programs that they appreciate and they like. And I've been so grateful to have so many people appreciate what I do that we uh, collectively it's been, you know, uh, through my efforts and and their contributions that I've raised so much money. I can't even calculate through the years. And it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to help serve that institution, to serve that radio station. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I've gone to every SWAC stadium. I've been all over the swag multiple times through the years. I made friends throughout the conference. So it's been a a wonderful experience. So I know about the challenges that come with being underfunded and uh, the challenges that face the football programs across the swag. I understand all of those things. So I can, I feel like I can comment on this with that in mind. In addition to that, I've also been a a writer and I've covered the NFL and I've covered pro sports. So I I have that angle. So I've been around for a long time and uh, I feel like, I understand the situation in a lot of ways. So he, let's start with what people, the myths about the, these arguments, because people start with these generalized statements about people are hating on this man for, you know, calling him a sellout because he went to make his life better for him and his family. People are saying that and leave him alone. He left it better than, than it was when he got there. People are seeing it. You got people who just they have not come into contact with HBCUs and they just look at this as a sort of a, a usual American story. Hey, guy comes somewhere, makes life better, they want him to stay, he gets a better opportunity, he's gone. What's the problem? Unless you are the one being left behind. And I'll explain what what people are not mad about. First and foremost, people are not mad that he's leaving for more money. I've heard people say, well, you leave your job for $10 more dollars an hour. Okay, well, in most cases, people will leave for a better financial position. And so people, credible people I'm talking about, are not mad that he's leaving for the money. It's $25 million over five years. People aren't crazy. They understand that. People played a lot of. They know what that's like to want more money and to leave a situation because your life and your family's life will be exponentially better. So people are not really mad about that. People understand it. And again, I'm talking about credible people who who are just not not outrageous with their expectations. let's, Let's talk about just the people who are who are in the middle, not the fringe people. Let's talk about the people that are in the middle, because I think a lot of people comment on the fringes but in reality people are not mad that he's leaving for more money people understand what it's like to to be to move to a power 5 football folks know you know what that that means to go to a power 5 school and all that comes with it the trappings that come with that so nobody's mad about that nobody's upset that he didn't stay for the rest of his life. People, I, most people, I'm, I, again, I'm talking about not the fringes, but most people understand Dion was not gonna stay in Mississippi for the, for, you know, for 50 years. He's not Eddie Robinson, so nobody expected that. So they knew he wasn't gonna be a lifelong Mississippian. So I don't think people are mad at that. And also, I think people understand that almost all coaches either lie or nuance the truth with recruits and boosters and alumni and fans. That's something that kind of comes with it. And we're all kind of jaded to that fact. But here's what I do think that people are upset about. Understand that anger is a manifestation of hurt. And a lot of people are hurt. Because if you went to HBCU, you know there are people on that campus that have dedicated their whole lives to making that institution work. To supporting those young people that walk through those doors. They know that there was a time when those students, and in some cases to this day, couldn't go to or have other opportunities to go to other schools. Because historically, these schools were created in a lot of situations because the powers that be did not want black students going to white institutions. So they said, We'll create, you create, we'll help you create your own black institutions. So you can, you and your people can go over there. You can't come to University of Texas. You can't come to University of Houston. You can't go to Ole Miss. So we'll create Jackson State and Alcorn and and, and all of those schools because we don't want you over there, but we'll give you your opportunity here. And there are people on those campuses that love the students that come through those doors, and they work hard every day. They do more with less every day trying to make the institution better and the lives of the students better. That's what it's really about. And so when you are used to doing less with more, you look around and say, well, look, look at what we're doing with what we don't have. Just imagine if we had equal footing with some of the larger institutions, we will be even better. We could reach more kids. We could do more. We can be better than anybody else out there. We can be that. And then along comes Deion Sanders, a guy who has done it all in sports. You talk about a phenomenal athlete in football and baseball and just a phenomenal personality. A guy who, since he came on the scene with his jerry curl and gold chains, has not left the American conscience. You know, he's been around, especially in the sports world, since he was at Florida State. And he tells you, he said, I've been everywhere. I mean, and I'm paraphrasing, been everywhere, done everything. Why can't we do it here? We're just as good. Let's make these resources happen. Let's let's bring in these people. Let me tap into some stuff. Let me make some things happen because this is what we deserve and this is what we can do. And I remember he had the whole situation with Nick Saban, where Saban said, well, Jackson State got a kid that, you know, essentially they had to pay for. Dion's response was, we as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people. End quote. This is what he said. So he tapped into that. You know, the the pride, the black pride thing, the the thing that, wow, we can be this. We are this. We're special. He sold the culture to Travis Hunter and a bunch of other student athletes. And and let's not forget this. He came on the wave of the Black Lives Matter movement where people were seeking to invest in, in blackness in America. George Floyd had happened. There were rallies. People were trying to reform law enforcement. People were saying, we need to fund our own. You had a lot of kids looking around saying, you know what? Look at what they did to George Floyd. Maybe I don't want to go over there. Maybe I want to be with, with my own. Maybe I want to experience what it's like, the nurturing environment of an HBCU. you kind of rode that wave and you come in with that and then you, you on top of that, you put the God sent me here. You play the, and I'm not saying he's playing, and I'm not saying he's lying. I'm saying, but you went with that, hey, God called me to do this. Now, when you say God called you to do something, people say, well, you're not doing this for money or or worldly reasons. You're doing this because God tapped you on the shoulder. And in his words, what God called him, and he answered the phone, collect. That's what he said. And you have to understand, he's doing this in Mississippi. It churches all over the place. It's the Bible belt that resonates with people. So when you put the religious component in it, and then you also put the, the black pride component in people, they want to believe so bad because they want better for their institutions and for their students and their student athletes. They want to believe that. And when you tap into that and then you yank the rug out from under them by leaving, there's a hurt there because in reality, there's no, uh, there's not another Dion out there. Cause another thing they keep saying, oh, he gave y'all the blueprint, bro. He's one of one. Clarence McKinney can't call American Airlines and say, you know what, man, we sure would like to work out a deal where you guys give us a plane so we could charter flights to Florida or to Alabama or to Arkansas. Let's make that happen. Michael Strahan has done a lot for the university. He's been a tremendous, proud alumnus of of Texas Southern. He's done a tremendous amount. Things that people don't know. Some people know some things that he's done for the school. A lot of people don't know everything he's done for the school. He's been tremendous. You can't go to him for everything. You just can't do it. You can't have Bubba McDowell preview. Say, let me call up GMA and see if Good Morning America can come down here and do a story and, and celebrate our kids. You can't have even Eddie Robinson at, at Alabama State. They're not going to feature him on 60 Minutes. And and all of these guys, and you say, well, man, they'll leave too. Yeah, it may, maybe they would leave. Most of them would leave, and that's what it's about. If that's your trade, if that's your job, if that's your gig, yeah, you're going to leave for better opportunities. But what most of them don't do is come in and tap into the very – it's it's the thing that you can manipulate people with. We see it in all sorts of relationships where one person knows exactly how to manipulate the emotions of another person. So personally, I'm not mad about him leaving because truth be told in a lot of my conversations, I'm like, this is what's going to happen. He's going to come here and use this as a stepping stone because he was not going to get a D one job without having any coaching experience. He was the offensive coordinator at Trinity Christian high school. He also had a, what, Truth Academy. He had some sort of school that he had, and it closed abruptly, and there was a lot going on around that. But other than that, he didn't coach on a college level in any position. He hadn't coached in the pros. And so what Jackson State allowed him to do was skip the line, and he did. You know, And I think it was mutually beneficial. That program had fallen off. That was a sleeping giant. And Jackson State, for those who know, no, Jackson State has been a prominent, powerful uh, institution and, and, and presence in the swag for many, many years. Four Hall of Famers, they sell out. It was sell. Well, they, didn't, well, they weren't selling out as much, but they've sold out arenas and they've had support for forever. I, I tell the story, I went in the 90s, I, I want to say the late 90s, mid to late 90s, to a game with Jackson State and Southern in Memorial Stadium. It was 50 plus thousand in that building i'd never seen anything like it it was beautiful so that was at jackson state so jackson state has been a sleeping giant but they had fallen on tough times and they took a chance that i thought i think that paid off for them they said well look let's swing for the fences let's bring this in it can't hurt it can only help and ashley Robinson brought him in and it went well it benefited the university and the school and the conference I mean, look, I'll tell you, I give him all the credit in the world. Texas Southern sold out PNC Stadium for the first time. Now, we've had games. We had 40-plus thousand, close to 50,000 back in the day for Prairie View, Texas Southern. I don't know what those numbers were, but they were high, high numbers. But we never sold out PNC since we've been there. And because he was coming, on the same night as Game 6 of the World Series, which was 300 yards away, we sold out. That was because of him. So I'm tremendously appreciative of what he's done but what he did was he was playing chess saying look i want to both ensure that myself and my son end up in a power five and he did that and along the way he really did help the university so i do think that he was tremendously instrumental in a lot of ways but let's mother teresa he's not okay i mean he had some self-serving things involved i just hope because you know and i know cameras are going to go away. You're not going to get the big cameras. You're not going to get all the buzz. I don't think uh, ESPN is, is coming back for game day on any of these campuses, but there are people who've dedicated their entire lives to this and they're not going away. They're alumni that maybe this will serve as a wake up call to say, well, maybe I can give more, but to think this is just about alumni not doing their part. You don't really understand the funding mechanisms or lack thereof to support these institutions. I mean, it's bigger than just the alumni not coming to the game. Now, in many cases, it can help tremendously. If we sold our PNC for four or five games a year, it would change a lot quickly for Texas Southern Athletics. And now that's the same across the board. If Jackson State continues to get 35, 40, 45000 for every game, they'll be okay. They'll continue to be able to do things. That's sort of my take. So I understand what he was doing. I thought that it was all for the Florida State job. And I also think it's not a bad time for him to get out. If you're 11-0, and 0, where can you go from here? Nowhere but down. And the rest of the conference is improving. They're catching up in some regards. And obviously, he was going to continue to get better with his recruiting and get a better better athletes and, you know, better facility, even improving on the facilities and, and all of those things. So he was going to get better, but the rest of the conference is stepping up. And you're starting to see guys like Hugh Jackson, former NFL guy, former USC guy. He's been around. He knows the game of football. He's there. Eddie Robinson, a a former NFL, 11-year NFL veteran. Bubba McDowell played at the U, won a national championship. He's there. And there'll be other coaches that'll come along. And maybe somebody with some flash and flair, Or replace uh, Deion Sanders. So you can give me your thoughts on that. 832-941-6614. We already have a number of comments on the sports line. You can jump in on that. But 832-941-6614. So, you know, again, grateful for what he did. But understand that behind the anger is really hurt. Because you believed in the message that, man, he's going to help us get it done. He's going to take us to the next level. And let's face it, a lot of people right or wrong or looking for that leader that that messiah to deliver i mean that's a common theme in our politics in every aspect of our lives but guess what we're the heroes so you can't look and superman ain't coming we got to be Superman. And I think that maybe that's a wake-up call to those who really want to see these uh, programs continue to flourish. We Got the HBCU Go deal. And I think that what people don't understand is the conference was headed in the right direction for a long time under Dr. Charles McClellan. He was putting things in place. What Dion did was put jet fuel in that thing. He really did. So while we were heading in that direction, HBCU Go came along and more games on ESPN, all of that stuff. So they're good times. It's not going to go – it's not going to fall off totally. Of comparable schools, the has enjoyed better attendance than any other consistently for 30-plus years. So that's not going to go away. I just hope that we continue to support and get excited about it and buy your season tickets (laughs) to Texas Southern football because it's been a fun, fun ride. And we want – this will be a golden era As we look back on it, 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 he made history. And I think a lot of people at the the end of the day are grateful for that. But there are people who are saying, I told you so. Because I was saying a lot of that privately. I didn't want to say anything publicly to seem like um, I didn't want to rain on the parade of all those who were super excited about the acquisition. I thought, I mean, I was really more than pleasantly surprised at his commitment and what he did. He did the work. I give him credit. He did the work and he did raise money for the school. He did show them, Hey, these are areas you got to clean up because we all know that areas that can be cleaned up. He showed folks it was mutually beneficial. And at the end of the day, I understand the anger because the anger is, is about the hurt and the wanting so bad to have enough to compete on equal ground. That's how most African Americans want really. You just want a fair shot. That's what we work for equality. That's what we want. And when you got have somebody like Dion who can make things happen saying we gonna make it happen, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. Unfortunately, it wasn't. So that'll do it for this briefcast. but before I let go. Before- before I let go, hey, want to remind you guys, give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. Join the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook and like the fan page. In addition to that, you can follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. You can go back and listen to any past episodes on all podcast platforms. And if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.